This is Cashflow Ninja, episode 77, with Nick Loper. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. Now, here is your host, MC Laubscher. Hello everyone, MC Lobster here and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today and in today's show we're going to be looking at how to create extra income on the side or extra income in general from many different areas and opportunities. Those will include the sharing economy and also online platforms that are out there that you can take your special skill set or your gift or your knowledge and put that to great use to provide value for others to earn extra income for yourself. My guest today is Nick Loper. Nick helps people earn money outside of their day job. He is an author, an online entrepreneur, and a lifelong student in the game of business. His latest role is as the chief hustler at SideHustleNation.com, a growing community and resource for aspiring and part-time entrepreneurs. Please share your feedback and thoughts with me on today's interview. You can connect with me on Twitter and tweet me at MCLobsher or by email at info at CashflowNinja.com. And please remember to join our mailing list by signing up at CashflowNinja.com or texting CashflowNinja, one word, all capitalized, to 44222. That's two fours and three twos. As some of my listeners may know, I live in Newtown, Pennsylvania, a town that's about 45 minutes away from Philadelphia, the birthplace of the United States, the home of the cheesesteak, the Rocky Steps, and also the hometown of the beloved founding father, Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin believed an investment in knowledge pays the best interest, and early to bed and early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. The Cashflow Ninja have aligned itself with partners that aims to empower you to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. Our healthy partner, Onnit, provides supplements, nutrient-dense and earth-grown foods, and fitness equipment to help you achieve your next level of well-being and total human optimization. Our listeners can get a 10% discount with coupon code GETONIT at CashflowNinjaHealth.com. Our wealthy partner, Fundrise, gives everyone the opportunity to invest directly in high-quality real estate without the middleman. Fundrise makes the process of investing in the highest-quality commercial real estate from around the country simple, efficient, and transparent. You can get started with as little as $1,000, and you do not have to be an accredited investor to participate in some of their offerings. You can check them out at CashflowNinjaWealth.com. And also our wise partner, Audible. Offers a free audiobook download when you try Audible for 30 days. You can grab your free audiobook download at CashflowNinjaBook.com. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to the Cashflow Ninja Podcast with your host, MC Lobsher. You must be prepared to ignite. Well, Nick, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Hey, can you please share a little bit about your background and your journey as an entrepreneur and how you got started? 
my journey as an entrepreneur, man, I uh, I think I got bit by the entrepreneurial bug in uh, freshman year of college when I took this uh, painting internship. They called it an internship. Basically, it was one of these college painting outfits where they assign you a uh, territory, a, a city or a zip code, and they say, hey, man, it's your job to go and paint as many houses as you can over the course of the summer. And they teach you how to estimate jobs and they show you, they give you a practice house to like figure out how to paint, how to hire people, how to, you know, close the deal, sell these, sell these jobs. And that was really my first taste of working for profits and not wages on a, on a scale beyond just like, you know, trying to sell baseball cards at the end of the driveway or sell candy at summer camp and stuff like that. And you know, a bunch of 19 year olds with paint sprayers, like, you know, everything that can go wrong does go wrong. But you, you know, you figure out a way to work through it. And it was really rewarding to, you know, both in the sense of like, look back at the end of the week from the curb and say, hey, look, we made this house beautiful again. And at the end of the summer, say, hey, we did that 30 times over. And, you know, we ran over the course of two summers, probably $140,000, $150,000 worth of business as a college student, which was pretty cool and pretty eye opening for me. And that's kind of where. I guess, you know, that eye-opening moment to what's possible when you kind of like are in charge of your own thing, even though that was kind of under the safety net of of this other company. Right, right. Well, that's an incredible experience to have at that age because it just gives you an overview of the full sales cycle, basically, from cold calling and prospecting to closing and basically then overseeing the project um, to its finalization. What were some of the key lessons that you've learned back then that that you uh, that you still uh, reflect on? I remember sitting in my truck, like, so my territory was in Seattle, so I grew up, or outside of Seattle, and it's like this rainy March evening, and you're supposed to go out cold call after class, and go, you know, and then go estimate jobs on the weekend in the spring, and book jobs for the summer, and so it's like this rainy March evening in Seattle, and I'm like, having driven around my territory, and, you know, sitting in my truck, like, I pull into this subdivision that I think looks promising, (laughs) I don't know why I picked this one, and... Just like trying to psych myself up, being introverted and, you know, even like the, the prospect of like knocking on strangers doors, like still like scares the crap out of me. I don't know how I got over this and did it, but, you know, trying to be like, okay, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? Practicing my spiel and just trying to psych myself up for it and coming to the realization that like, look, nothing is going to happen until you go and knock on that first door. Like you're a hundred percent in charge of your own destiny here. And it was both scary and empowering. And so I, you know, finally got up the nerve to, you know, get out and hit that first doorbell. And I think thankfully, like nobody was home and I was like, okay, that wasn't so bad. So you go on to the next house and the next house. And what I ended up doing was actually like jogging in between the houses was it was like, you know, a productivity hack. I could cover more ground faster. And I was like getting some exercise and from like uh, maybe a subtle like marketing effort like i figured if somebody was like creeping out their front window somebody jogging up to their door would hopefully look more exciting than you know somebody trudging up the driveway with a with a clipboard (laughs) and you know you get some doors slammed in your face and you build a thick skin but you realize like okay this isn't life-threatening like this is okay and you know it's gonna be fine and i'm gonna get some i'm gonna get some yeses i'm gonna get some no's and you know each, each step each house gets you closer to your goal so that was kind of the how it all started Amazing. Now, you are the master of side hustle, and side hustle is a very big part of this new economy. What is your definition of a side hustle, and how would you describe it? 
So a side hustle is something you're doing outside of your day job to earn money. And we, you know, say maybe the millennial generation didn't invent moonlighting, but they branded it as side hustling. So it's, it's something that's been around for forever, really, and uh, is kind of under a new term. Yeah, absolutely. Now, how, uh, what were some of your first side hustles and um, interesting uh, uh, stories around side hustles that you've done? You've shared some fantastic uh, experiences on shoes and, and your experience on Fiverr. Yeah, my original side hustle. So after after the painting thing, after college, my original side – so I got a real job because I was like, that's what you're supposed to do. That's you, you paid all this tuition for. And during that time, my so they moved me across the country, um, which was part of their corporate game plan. Like, hey, if we move, if we uproot people, you know, they'll only know, you know, other people at the company, and they'll be like super loyal and dedicated, which was true. Like, I didn't have very many friends like outside of work, but you know, during weeknights, like we're not going to go out drinking every night, whatever. So I was like, okay, what can I do to be to use this time more productively? And my original side hustle was a footwear comparison shopping site. So this is back in the day when you know, nowadays people probably start their product search on Amazon in most cases. But a lot of times people would start their product search on Google and comparison shopping was like a legit, you know, a business model. And so I figured if I could build a very niche engine, I could beat the, you know, the big, the price grabbers and the next tags of the world. You know, I could have a tighter algorithm than, than them, build more relevant results and, you know, negotiate, hopefully if I drive enough volume, negotiate some interesting deals with the, with the shoe retailers. And so that's kind of what happened with uh, the original site was called shoesrs.net and then it became shoesniper.com and really ran that business for almost 10 years. And it was kind of three years of nights and weekends of side hustling before I felt comfortable uh, quitting my job on that, on that thing. Very interesting, and and the branding started to grow a little bit too. I like that shoe sniper. A little end. more, a little more aggressive. You know, it was kind of more fun. Yeah, exactly. Now, Fiverr is an amazing, amazing platform. I mean, I have uh, actually interacted with a lot of designers through that and got a lot of work done through that. Um, nice. Yeah, and and that's a great way for someone to start a side hustle or just an extra. Uh, just an extra income. Can you talk a little bit about your experience on on Fiverr and um, yeah, just how you were exposed to it as well? Yeah, so like you, I have been a buyer on Fiverr. So Fiverr, if you're not familiar, F I V E R R is the marketplace of goods and services where everything starts at five dollars. Like that's their gimmick, and it's you know one of the top, probably top hundred most popular sites in the world. Like a very big marketplace. And so I'd used it as a buyer and, you know, gotten graphics and articles and all sorts of – I actually got the voiceover for my podcast done on Fiverr. Nice. Uh, me too. Yeah. So it's, it's like an awesome resource, you know, kind of the first first stop shopping for any kind of like outsourcing need. You know, see what you can get back, uh, you know, for very low investment. But I was like, you know, how could how could anybody be making any money because the company takes uh, a dollar cut. They take a 20% cut. You're left with $4 at the end of the day. Like. Is that, a, is that really a viable business? And so I met this guy. His uh, screen name is Anarcho Fighter on Fiverr. And he told me the story of like earning enough money on this platform to buy a house within the first year uh, of, of setting up shop on there. And I was like, hold on. Like, how does this work? And so he went through this whole, you know, spiel about like, look, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's all about the upsells, right? You know, your $5 thing has got to be something quick to deliver, something you've already created, a pre-written PDF, audio file, video file. 
And then if somebody wants your time, they can buy that in the gig extras or the, uh, you know, in the upsells. And so one of the examples or what he was selling at the time was like he's a, a PR professional and a, and a copywriter profession, copywriting professional. And so one of his um, gigs was like, I will, you know, show you the seven steps to like a, a killer autoresponder sequence or something like that for marketing. And, you know, so that was something that he had created, an asset that he had created. And then, you know, in the upsells, it was like, I will write message number one for you. I will write message number two for you. And so that was kind of how he had it set up. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give this a shot. And so I put a couple of my books up for, for sale on Fiverr one month. Uh, one of the titles actually ended outselling Amazon for the same time period. I was really surprised by that. And I got a little bit brave and you know this is kind of a fun platform so i said i will turn on the screen recorder and i will evaluate your website i will say you know here's how i would improve the seo here's how i improve the usability you know your conversion rate like this is my you know unbiased user opinion of your site by the way i've been working online for uh, 10 years so you know i have some experience in this field and you know orders were trickling in here there and then one morning, like I woke up to my inbox, like flooded with orders. And I was like, what happened? And so I go to Fiverr.com and I see my mug on the homepage. And I was like, oh my gosh, like how am I going to deliver all these orders? And so it was really kind of a fun uh, hustle to, you know, record all these different videos. Plus, you know, being such a popular site and, you know, doing these voiceover recordings for people and with the upsells and everything, it ended up you know, being a decent hourly wage. But like I met some really cool people through that platform. I met, you know, some radio uh, DJs where, you know, eventually got to be a guest on their radio show. Met some people who eventually became coaching clients. It's kind of a kind of a fun platform. You never know who you're going to find. And it's kind of one of the platforms and one of the theses put forth in my recent book called Buy Buttons is about going where the cash is already flowing, like going to find these marketplaces of buyers, right? People are searching on Fiverr. It's its own mini search engine, you know, for something you could potentially solve. And I think that's how, you know, people discovered uh, discovered some of my gigs. That's uh, yeah, that's a great advice that you just gave there too. But because that would lead into my next question for anybody listening out there that that's listening to this and say, that's great. You know, how do I come up uh, with an idea that I can do for a side hustle? So what would be some practical advice that you would give them? Um, well, on Fiverr specifically or just in general? Just in general. Okay. So I would think, you know, start, maybe we'll go through three different, how about the three most popular kind of like side hustles of where, where I think people should start. So the first would be to tap into the, the peer-to-peer economy, the sharing economy. And this could be something like Fiverr where you're, you know, selling your skills and you can go, you can just search, you know, whatever keyword or they even have categories now where you could search and see what, you know, what's popular, what's selling. But this is like the Airbnbs of the world, the Ubers of the world, the uh, dog vacays of the world, which is like um, Airbnb, but for pet sitting. And, you know, a friend of mine sent me a note like, I'm going to make 15 grand this year doing pet sitting on rover.com and dogvacay.com. I was like, dude, that is crazy. Um, but it's like kind of this renaissance of peer-to-peer commerce, like letting people do business with people with these apps and mind marketplaces kind of serving as an intermediary. I think of Airbnb as as an example of that like if you wanted to rent out a spare room in your house, like your marketing, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago would have been like 
an ad in the paper, maybe, you know, a, a sign out in the front yard, maybe. But now they've built this, you know, marketplace where there's a huge demand. And somebody I talked to for the book was uh, in New York. He said, we're going to just, just going to see what happens, right? One bedroom apartment. You can, you can sleep on our air mattress in the living room for 80 bucks a night. And he was like, I didn't expect to be booked up every night. It was like, it got, it got kind of weird to the point where now they just do it when they're on vacation and it's like self liquidating, which is, I think is super cool. He's like, we went to Costa Rica for two weeks. The place was booked up. You know, we put our, you know, important documents and stuff in a safety deposit box and our vacation was free. Like you essentially paid for with the Airbnb stuff. So I really like that. And there are, you know, dozens and dozens of these, you know, different peer to peer apps and stuff. The downside especially like uber which continually cuts rates is if anybody can do it anybody is likely to do it and you don't have as much pricing power as as you might otherwise have um i think of another one one of the cool ones was like a peer-to-peer car rental service so i met a guy in tampa who was renting he just like rented out his suv or his wife's suv he's like i'm traveling half the time for work we don't really need two cars and he started making some money uh, doing that. And so he ended up buying like or leasing two new SUVs. He's like, I was a little nervous because I added 500 bucks a month to my you know, car payments. But they're bringing in 1500 bucks a month on this car rental platform called Turo, T-U-R-O. I was like, man, you know, there's a million, one, a million and one of these different platforms. Kind of exciting to see what people are, are doing with them. So that would be kind of the first place to start. The second place to look at would be kind of like selling your selling your skills as a, as a freelancer, um, and that could be something like Fiverr. That could be a platform like Upwork. That could be something like uh, Voices.com for voiceover work. And similarly, like lots and lots of niche marketplaces where people might be looking for for what you have to offer. Um, I like this option because you have a little bit more pricing control. Like if it's a unique skill. Um, I think one one of the interesting ones is a tutoring platform called Wyzant, W-Y-Z-A-N-T. And I was looking around for like math help locally. And, you know, I found the tutors like 45, 55 bucks an hour doing this. And somebody I met again for the book was in uh, Denver. And he was like, I'll tutor you on Microsoft Access or some, you know, database software. And he said, the funny thing is his students weren't really students. Like they were like, database administrators for companies and it ended up like uh, parlaying into consulting contracts for him doing you know database programming and stuff um That's some funny. fun stuff there the third the third platform is kind of like the age-old business model or not platform but the third kind of side hustle or, or thing to consider would be like the age-old business model of buy low sell high and the same business model used by amazon and walmart and you know any store in the in the history of stores right um, where this gets interesting is where you can tap into eBay and where you can tap into Amazon. Amazon, for example, I didn't realize this up until a couple of years ago, 47% or something, like almost half of their inventory isn't owned by Amazon. Like it's a giant consignment store. It's owned by small business sellers like you and me who are kind of tapping into Amazon's you know, audience of buyers and their fulfillment network. So they have a program called FBA, Fulfillment by Amazon, where you know, you can essentially send in your product to their warehouses uh, all across the country and, you know, list it on their site. And, you know, when somebody buys it, they handle all the shipping and fulfillment and returns. It was pretty cool. I've been playing around with this just 
has a side hustle. Like you can download the the free Amazon seller app uh, once you create a free Amazon seller account, and you just go scan stuff. Like I was scanning stuff like in the clearance section of Home Depot and Walmart, and seeing you know what that item is worth on Amazon. And sometimes it's a big enough spread. You're like, dude, I'm gonna you know you buy this, you package it up, you send it in, and um, you make some money that way. So it's kind of fun. And then the next level would be like private labeling. You know, importing products. If you find something you think is going to be a hot seller, you can tweak it a little bit, and uh, that's that's probably the next stage for for most people once they uh, dive in. But lots of fun stuff, lots of stories of people, even just flipping items they find on Craigslist, flipping items they find at their local flea market, and um, lots of ways to kind of multiply your money faster that way. It's amazing all the stories of this this new economy. You, Nick, Nick, you should write a book about that. <laughs> I found some I found some interesting characters for it. Yeah, I can only imagine. And um you were saying something really interesting about um just some of the opportunities with Amazon ads as well. Can you share a little bit more information about that? Well, this has been popular on the physical product side for a long time, but it's something that I'm starting to play around with on the book side of things. So if your book is enrolled in KDP Select, Kindle Direct Publishing Select, which gives them 90-day exclusivity on distribution rights. Um, one of the things you can do is advertise your book alongside other relevant titles. And they're doing a good job of making this look pretty seamless to the user. So underneath your book, it says, hey, people who bought this uh, also bought this. And then underneath that, they'll have like sponsored products related to this item. And it's just it's just another little carousel widget on the page. And so it looks you know pretty cool to the user. And if it's relevant, you know, I'm seeing pretty good returns on that but i can't i can't figure out how to give them more money so it's like you know so far i've spent 50 bucks and sold you know 250 bucks worth of books and you, you know minus your own uh, you know royalty percentage on that but it's like if you can double or triple your money like i will pump that all day long and so i'm trying to figure out you know how to crack the code and, and get more impressions and more clicks on on that stuff but pretty promising so far Oh, that's very, very interesting. Now, you've also shared some information just on some side hustle, passive income. And again, just as abundant the opportunities are for for side hustle out there in this new economy, there is an abundance of opportunities just for some side hustle, passive income. Can you share a little bit more information on that? The elusive passive income, right? That's what everybody's after. <laughs> right, right. That's not so passive anyway, right? It's, sometimes there's – well, it takes – either money or time to create that passive income, right? So exactly. the the book that I just published, you know, haven't worked on it for the last month, like, and it earned royalties, right? So that's passive income. Yep. The three months I spent, you know, working and marketing the book and earning zero dollars, like that was kind of the lead up to it. Right. Um, so we talk kind of about, you know, the digital products, the um, the online courses, the books, the um, so that would be an example of, you know, something that could potentially sell with zero incremental cost and, you know, if you put systems in place, can sell over and over again. Um, second type of passive income would be like, you know, advertising-based income on your website. You have a certain amount of traffic. These ads are going to serve. People are going to click on them. You can generate passive income that way. The What else? What else? Um, so, and then you have like the investment types of income where you can, you know, earn a return on money that you've already made and, and hopefully try and multiply uh, that a little bit faster. Yeah, like the peer-to-peer lending is on there, and uh, um, I think you've mentioned a couple of other sources too. But um, I really like what you're saying too, and we're we're big fans of that uh, on this podcast of 
working, I mean, putting all of your blood, sweat, and tears into a project um, and trying to uh, create as much value as humanly possible for others through that product that you're putting together or that digital course or something, and then that pays you over and over up until the future long after uh, you finished, uh, you, you know, writing your book or um, recording your course. Yeah. Now, you ever, you ever play around with Prosper or Lending Club or any of these peer-to-peer uh, lenders? I've looked into that. So Prosper is one of them too. I've looked at the Lending Club, um, but um, I've not played around with it, but I've researched a little bit into it just to uh, to see what was going on there. There's a lot of interesting stuff. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Lending Club, I know, has kind of come under some drama this year with um, you know their their founder. I don't know what really was going on. Kind of kind of put a little bit of a nervousness or uneasiness in the industry uh, to me. But I have been you know a prosper investor or lender for you know almost six years now, and I'm seeing double digit returns and it spins off cash every month. It's kind of an exciting way to in and most of these loans are for you know debt consolidation or people starting a business or people you know starting a family and so there's some element to yeah i want to generate a good return but like i'm also like helping another individual instead of some you know putting my money into some company or some you know other you know nebulous thing like it's kind of a weird um you have a fun alternative you know i wouldn't make that your entire portfolio, but it's, it's definitely been kind of a fun, you know, little asset class for me for sure. Interesting. So you've had pretty good experience with it over the so six far. years. Yeah, so far, so good. Awesome. Now, Nick, as an entrepreneur, um, we face some adversity, a ton of it, um, and it's not always r- rainbows and unicorns. What are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned and the best advice that you've gotten on your journey? Well, one of the yeah, it's definitely not rainbows and unicorns all the time. When I quit my job, I probably naively thought that it was going to be like I had you know visions of the four-hour workweek lifestyle and margaritas on the beach. And day one was a pretty rude awakening. So I you know this was I was running the shoe business and you know had this track record of revenue and performance. And I was like, okay, finally comfortable to you know give my notice at work, turn in the keys to my company car, and and see if I can make this a full-time thing. And on day one, Google puts me in my place in a pretty abrupt way. They <laughs> say, so, you know what? You're you're no longer allowed to advertise with us. Your account doesn't meet our quality guidelines. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I just, you know, I just quit my job. And you go through the seven stages of anger and denial and all this stuff. And basically, lost 80% of the traffic and revenue overnight because they said, hey, look, the sole purpose of your website is to drive traffic to other websites, um, and which which was true. Like that's how it earned affiliate commission, right? You you click on this side, uh, on my site, you figure out which store has the best price on these shoes, and then you go buy them uh, from from Zappos or from any of these other stores. And I was like, yeah, that's I guess you're right about that. But like that's the sole purpose of Google is to drive traffic to other sites. Like well, you know who are you to say this? And it was kind of three months of you know, tweaking different things on the site and finally coming back to them and they say, oh, looks like we made an error. You know, you're, you're good to go now. It was just like, was it some manual review? Did I just get somebody on a bad day? I don't know. It was kind of a very stressful time and lots of ups and downs in the entrepreneurial journey since then. But the big takeaway, the big lesson of that, of course, is the the value of diversification, right? So this was overly reliant on one source of traffic and it you know, it could fall apart at any moment, and it did. And, and thankful that it came back and 
was able to continue to run that for for several years. But it was definitely eye opening, and, and I think has influenced some of the diversified projects uh, since then. Very very important information. Thank you for sharing that. Now, Nick, also a habit that I've observed from wealthy and successful people is that they're always studying new subjects and learning new skills. What are you currently studying and what new skill sets are you currently learning? I'm always trying to figure new stuff out. So, I mean, I, I learn stuff every day. I learned like earlier this year that control A like will select everything on the page and it like has changed my life. And I was like, how did I not know that? And my wife is like, how did you not know that? And so I'm, you know, playing around in PowerPoint, doing different graphic stuff in PowerPoint all day. I've just recently figured out like after three years of editing a podcast that, you know, there's a little thing in, um, in audacity to like speed up the playback. Um, I figured out how to like, you know, eliminate breath noises across an entire track by like highlighting and everything. So I'm learning new stuff all the time. And that's what makes it exciting. One of the things that I'm trying to study, uh, going into 2017 is like, how do you segment my audience a little bit better so I can deliver more relevant and engaging content. And by that, I mean, so Right now, somebody signs up for Side Hustle Nation, um, you know, they subscribe to the email list. They're kind of dumped into this one-size-fits-all you know, sequence, like engagement sequence. And, and and then they get the weekly newsletter where I think it would make more – like if somebody signs up for something related to freelancing and then I'm sending them something to related to e-commerce, there's potentially a disconnect there. And I think – I think I have some learning to do and some kind of tweaking to do on the email system to be more relevant and more helpful and more engaging. And then you can tag different people based on, you know, what you know they're interested in. And so that's kind of what's on my plate for for the next little bit, trying to figure out how to put that into practice. That's very interesting. That was something that I'm looking at, too. It's amazing. Uh, some of the, the, well, the capacity and the capabilities of some of these new softwares that are out there. So it definitely piqued my interest to do that too, but so important to to stay relevant uh, in, in front of your audience. Yeah. What are you using for email? I'm I'm using still on Aweber right now. Okay. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I also, with what you mentioned about Audacity too, as you said that, I'm like, hmm, I'm going to check that out. I don't, I didn't know that either. Yeah. So, they kind of go to like chipmunk voices. Like it's weird. So if you speed up a podcast, like in your podcast player app, it doesn't, amplify the voices like it doesn't make everyone into chipmunk noises or sounds but like in audacity it does it's kind of a little bit harder to edit but you know can get can get through some of the passages faster right now nick a core message in our show is to leave our families communities and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset values and principles to future generations not just money so if you cannot pass on any money to future generations and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Well, this is a pertinent question. We have a, a 10-month-old uh, in the house and kind of watching him you know, grow up, over, even just like over the course of this year, he's changed so much and you, you kind of fast forward in your mind. Like, what are you going to look like, you know, when you're five years old, when you're 15 years old, when you're 20 years old? And so try to think of like, you know, are we scarring you for life every day or are we hopefully, you know, instilling some good values in you? Um, so the three things that I have in mind first is uh, the experimenter's mindset. And he is great at, you know, being curious and exploring and trying to figure stuff out. And, you know, he's slamming his fingers in drawers and stuff. But like, you know, he's, he's learning like, oh, shoot, that drawer bit me. I got to figure that out. Um, so this is uh, the experimenter's mindset, something that 
um, I try to bring to you know all my side hustle projects. And what I mean by that is it kind of gives me permission to fail in a sense because you know like think of the scientist in the lab. You know the test tube may blow up in her face, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like it either just proves or disproves her hypothesis. And try and adopt that mindset with these different projects. Like, you know, not making any bet you can't afford to lose, but like, hey, let's, let's give this a shot. Let's see what happens. I think this is my hypothesis. I think this is going to work or I don't think this, you know, I want to try this out. And so trying to do that with different projects. Second one is the journey is the destination. And what I mean by that is, you know, every, every, you know, I think it's important to set goals, but every goal you set, once you achieve that, is kind of met with the next question of, well, now what? And and so if you're not enjoying the process, if you're not enjoying the journey, then the, the, you know, the goal isn't even going to be that sweet. I don't know. So trying to enjoy the the journey along the way. Um, and the third thing is actually a soundbite or a nugget that one of my guests left uh, with me. And this is from episode 72 of the Side Hustle Show with Ryan Finley, who makes a full-time living, like we talked about, buying and selling items on Craigslist. He says, the best opportunities aren't visible until you're already in motion. And I just, you know, the more and more that I think about that, I find it to be true in my own work where, you know, if you're sitting there stagnant thinking, I, I don't have the business idea, or I don't have, you know, I, I don't know what to work on next. It's like, just start something. Like my friend Julie kind of equates it to a game of chess, you know, where, you're going to, you're going to move a pawn. Like that's your first move. Like it doesn't matter which one you move. And apologies to chess players. Like it totally matters. Like, you know, you're just trying to get a reaction from the world, from your opponent. And, and then you can kind of adjust course from there. And so it's like, start anything. Like it, it literally does not matter. But once you're in motion, all of these new ideas and opportunities kind of start popping into your head, into your field of vision. And I've absolutely found that to be true. Fantastic. No, thank you for sharing that. Uh, Nick, now, are there some books that you would recommend to my listeners? Uh, books, books, books. Uh, a couple favorites of mine. Number one, uh, The Go-Giver by Bob Berg kind of solidified a shift in mindset to being helpful first and then figuring out uh, the value will come or the revenue will come afterwards. Rich Dad, Poor Dad is kind of a classic. We could debate whether or not Rich Dad even existed, but that was one of the first nonfiction books I read, first business books I read. And kind of, you know, I, I found myself nodding along. Hey, you know, you should, you know, buy assets, invest in, you know, investor cash flow and stuff like that. It really hit home. And one that also I think is worth reading is um, called The Slight Edge, which is about kind of the daily practice of of anything, of anything you think is going to move you in the right direction, even if the effects today are not noticeable at all, positive or negative. And so the example would be like, you know, going to the gym or doing your exercise. It's like, I could go today or I could not go today. Like, I'm I'm not going to get a six pack if I go and I'm probably not going to die of a heart attack if I don't go. And so you, on, on the day to day, the minutia, minutia level, doesn't make any difference whether or not you do it but over the course of 30 days 60 days 90 days three years all of a sudden you start to see some compounding results and i think that's what's happening with the side hustle show podcast and probably your podcast as well kind of that that practice of putting it out every single week um and you start to see that uh like a stock chart you know that, that accelerated growth 
Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Three really, really good, uh, great books. I'm definitely going to put the slight edge on my reading list uh, very much in line with that because that's actually the martial arts component, the cash flow ninja. The ninja is the, you know, the lifelong pursuit of excellence and education part is kind of where I brought that in. And I, of course, have some martial arts uh, in my, in my family with my father. And then Bob Burke's actually been a guest on the show. The Go-Givers had a huge impact in my life too. Uh, nice. Fantastic uh, lessons in that. Um, now, Nick, how can my audience learn more about you and um, just your podcast and stay informed of all of the projects that you're involved with? And also, where can they grab a copy of your book? Best place to find me is SideHustleNation.com. If you're kind of looking for that next business idea, you can hit up SideHustleNation.com slash ideas and you'll find a laundry list of you know different things that you can start. And uh, you can find the book. It's called Buy Buttons at BuyButtonsBook.com. Well, Nick, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge and providing so much value for my listeners. I really appreciate it. It's been a fantastic experience and uh, had a blast having you on. You bet. Thanks for having me. Hi, this is MC Lobsher, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast. As you may know, I'm also the president and chief wealth strategist of Valhalla Wealth Financial. We help individuals, families, small businesses, entrepreneurs and professionals build their wealth outside of Wall Street and help investors maximize the use of every dollar in their personal economy and boost their investment gains. We do this by combining their capital and investments with the financial vehicle of the wealthy, according to the infinite banking concept. If you are interested in learning more, you can email me at info at cashflowninja.com and I will send you a copy of Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker. Thank you for joining me and my guest, Nick Loper from SideHustleNation.com. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with friends, family, and your network. I really have been humbled by your support and feedback, guys. Uh, your daily emails inspire me so much and really motivates me to provide even more value for you. So if there's any way that I can improve the show or provide more value for you, please reach out to me at info at cashflowninja.com. And don't forget to take advantage of the offers from our partners that aims to empower you to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. Our healthy partner on it provides supplements, nutrient-dense and earth-grown foods, and fitness equipment to help you achieve your next level of well-being and total human optimization. Our listeners can get a 10% discount with coupon code GETONIT at CashflowNinjaHealth.com. Our wealthy partner, Fundrise, gives everyone the opportunity to invest directly in high-quality real estate without the middleman. Fundrise makes the process of investing in the highest-quality commercial real estate from around the country simple, efficient, and transparent. You can get started with as little as $1,000, and you do not have to be an accredited investor to participate in some of their offerings. You can check them out at CashflowNinjaWealth.com. And don't forget our wise partner, Audible. You can grab an free audio book download when you try Audible for 30 days at CashflowNinjaBook.com. That's our show for today, everyone. Until next time, be amazing and live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. You have been listening to the Cashflow Ninja with your host, MC Laubscher. 
the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. Today's show notes and resources are available on our website, CashflowNinja.com. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objective, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness. 